0: everyone and welcome to another edition of the V-Auto podcast. I'm Lance Helgeson and I'll be your host for today's episode. Today we're going to talk about used vehicle inventory and specifically the current trends in the wholesale market where prices seem to be normalizing at least a little bit. Uh, I'm joined today by Patrick Jaynes, Director of Business Development for V-Auto's StockWave Solution. Patrick, good morning and welcome to the podcast. Great to be here, Lance. Thanks. I appreciate you being here. Now, Patrick, let's start with the trends in the wholesale market. I I know you keep a close eye on things. So uh, top line, what are some of the data points or or specific dynamics that you're seeing that are probably most relevant in this moment for dealers?
1: Well, I'm not going to alert anybody if Anything they don't already know, but there just hasn't been a lot of supply out there,
0: right? <laughs> Especially in the
1: wholesale market, so uh, I'm stating the obvious, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we saw. Volumes, you know, at Mannheim alone down as much as 50% at, at one point. Just available inventory to be sold uh, in the auction, the wholesale market. So, yeah, volume's significantly down. And when and when supply is down, demand is high, we know what happens. Pricing uh, gets high. And, and I think we pretty much saw a peak, which was projected in June for uh, – the the value index for those wholesale cars. And and now we're starting to see that subside a little bit because the the second uh, data point is coming into play now, which is really um, no sales, right? So we watch those very closely. When do we start to see units in auction actually not getting that minimum bid that they're looking for, that floor price? And so I've heard dealers telling me that they've watched some lanes that have gone as high as 40% no sale rates. Wow, that's an interesting number to keep an eye on. Which means that maybe those consigners or those sellers aren't going to be able to get the values that they thought they were if nobody's willing to reach uh, for those uh, floor prices. So, for a dealer who thinks the market's too high, which I don't know many that don't think that, that's something that they can now kind of say, "Well, looks like an adjustment starting to happen to some extent."
0: yeah, I, I do I did see a number from Cox Automotive that showed that the MMR daily retention is actually hundred twenty bucks or so below MMR, which means that there is some adjustment happening. but but you raise an interesting point, Patrick. So we've got sellers uh, who aren't seeing the money or don't feel like they 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 aren't getting the money they want. so if if I'm a dealer and I know that that's the situation, what could i do to maybe figure out who the first seller is that's going to cave and and maybe put cars out at a more or let cars go at a more realistic number
1: so we you know got some really sharp performance consultants you know that i get to work with uh, in stockwave that you know are in the tool every day which is looking at you know the entire wholesale market and the tricks that they have taught me um, that they've kind of worked out with some of their really savvy users, uh, leveraging that technology is to create save searches on mm-hmm. those sellers. And if they see some sellers that they know have inventory, not getting a good sale rate, or maybe there's a particular lane, which could be you know, driven or dominated by a certain seller, Uh, At an auction where they saw a lot of that no-sale rate happening, they'll start to wait for those cars to be resold, right, or (laughs) re-presented, if you will, and knowing that at some point they got to drop the price. The vehicles are at auction. They're they're there to be sold. They're not going to let them sit there for months and months and hope the market comes back. Eventually, Mm -hmm. they have to drop the price until they can uh, liquidate the product. And so that's where… Uh, you know, I see PCs advising uh, clients and clients advising PCs or performance consultants and saying, hey, keep an eye on this, keep an eye on that. I think we're going to start to see an adjustment here and we're going to be ready to be able to buy those vehicles at a a better value.
0: Do you have a sense, uh, Patrick, I mean, is it two runs with no sales and then we see the price go? I'm just kind of curious of like what the timing is there.
1: Yeah, I don't know if there's an exact science to that. I, you know, it's kind of like, you know, watching a stock, right? Uh, I, I liken it to that. You know, it's it, at some point, you know, th- that that it's going to drop, and you want to be there when it happens, type of deal. So, I, it's hard for me to sit here and say, oh, well, you know, just stay with it for this week, and then you know, ignore it for a few weeks, and you know, you'll be there right when it happens. These guys are kind of studying the market every day, right? The good thing is that technology will actually, you know, alert you when those cars are coming back on the market. You can set yourself up in such a way to where uh, you can know that that's happening rather than sitting there watching, you know, the same lane week in, week out and trying to figure that out. So there's ways to configure the tool to be able to find those cars and Again, I, I'm no expert at it because I don't get into the software every day like these performance consultants do, but they know how to do it. And they're pretty good at setting their dealers up uh, to be able to have that uh, safe search and that type of information in there. And then the word spreads quickly, you know, mm-hmm. once that they figured out that, hey, this particular consigner is making a move. This is a good place to go and, and fish for a little while. And that happened a lot last year um, really, post-COVID, you know, initially, everybody just stopped buying right. and nobody was selling anything. And then all of a sudden, some of these consigners said, hey, we still got to sell some cars. We're not just going to let them sit back here and, you know, collect cobwebs. And if you were at the right place at the right time and you saw some of that start to happen, you were able to get on the front end of that and buy some of the cars that they actually put on the money and, and started moving. And I think we're going through another cycle of that. And I think that's going to happen between now and the end of the year. Because if you look, if you talk to, you know, the Jonathan Smokes of The World, Our economists, they say that there's going to be a correction. There's not going to be a bubble. There's no forecast that, oh, the bottom's going to fall out here. But there's going to be some correction that happens between now uh, and December that's going to make that those values start to get uh, back in play. And if you still need inventory, which is a lot of dealers that you know, are running pretty thin. So you know, there should be some opportunities.
0: So in the in the interim between that moment where we are right now, where where it seems like maybe sellers, uh, with all due respect, might be a little bit unreasonable about what their expectations are on a vehicle, and that time when it's sort of normal, you know, and and it, and, and things do make a little bit more sense. What's the best guidance for dealers? as they go to the market because they just need cars? Um, I mean, is it a case of where you just have to take your lumps and, and pay the freight to get that car and have the opportunity to retail it? Or are there pockets of opportunity? What are the ways that dealers are sort of maximizing their potential in this moment?
1: Well, I think, you know, I've been a huge advocate of this you know i've had it on my linkedin page you know since i got into this role that you know you need to spend more time figuring out your stocking strategy in other words what cars you should buy and less time trying to find them (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know technology can help you find them and 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 feed those cars to you kind of like a vending machine there's there's technology out to do that you know our stockway product does that quite nicely but the, the really where it comes into is what cars are going to move best in the in my local market and if you're not studying the sales and registrations by segment by price band, uh and by you know model year right now and looking at what shifts have happened in this super hot market then i think you're doing yourself a bit of a disservice and i think that's what you know, I'm hoping that dealers will spend some time and as they're trying to fill those holes in their inventory, that they're buying cars that are of high demand right now in their local market, and maybe not just resting on their laurels and saying, well, you know, typically we do well with this year, make a model, let's, you know, let's try that. Um, use some data to be able to drive that and, and you know, through their uh, through provision, through their inventory management systems, there's you know should be sales data in there to be able to tell them which cars to to fill those gaps with. I wouldn't be, I, I don't see a lot of dealers taking huge risks right now, just trying something to say, hey, maybe this is good. I think there are some cars that are doing extremely well right now. We see it in the new car market, right? I mean, there are, you know, certain pockets of SUVs and and different vehicles that are on fire right now. I mean, they're demanding thousands and thousands over S, uh, MSRP. Now, that's because supply is low, but they're also really good cars that, that you know, customers are hot after right now. Mm-hmm. we got to figure out what those cars are in the used car market, and the data will tell you that. You know, if you're looking at market day supply, and, you know, we, we added a market day supply trending component within provision to actually see if a vehicle's market day supply is getting lower or higher. These are all indicators that I'd be looking at um, before I jumped into uh, buying any particular uh, type of vehicle, because I get it. There's there's fear out there that, hey, you know, I don't want to buy high and sell low, right? <laughs> right. I want to do the opposite. And there's a mm-hmm. fear that, ugh. You know i just don't want to go in there and pay too much and then get stuck with this inventory you know i think you can navigate that if you are looking at the vehicles of of high demand within your local market using that local market data and you can make some good choices are you going to make big home runs four or five six pounders um, you know, maybe not. But again, remember, you're just trying to fill gaps in your inventory. Those trades that you're still coming in are probably the ones that you're still doing pretty well on in this market. You're trying to find some vehicles just to keep the, the machine rolling, right, and, and to be able to fill those gaps.
0: You brought up a good point there. Um, I, uh, a week or so ago, I spoke to a dealer in Wisconsin who, because of the situation in the wholesale market, he has really, and I think this is true for a lot of dealers, that, that he has really put an emphasis on just going to the wholesale market only when he has to. Which means he's really going after customer cars, you know, doing we'll buy your car events, doing outreach, using um, tools and things that sort of advertise his dealership group as a place where you can easily sell your car and you don't necessarily have to buy another one um and in fact he told me that you know 2 years ago they were sourcing 30% of their inventory from trades and 70% from auction and he's basically flipped the script it's now 70% customer acquisition probably about 30% of those maybe trades maybe a little less but the rest come from all these other sources so i'm curious um what are the recommendations you might make or even uh, technology tools that can make that job of finding those customer opportunities easier for dealers?
1: Yeah, we've really been scrambling on the technology side to be able to help the dealer do this faster, right? I mean, anybody can, you know, pull out their phone and, you know, walk around town and scan bins and parking lots, but that's very time consuming (laughs) to be able to buy these cars off the street. So how can they, you know, sit in their control room, if you will, within their office and be able to find vehicles uh, that are for sale out there for purchases or even cars that are in the service lane? You know, it just takes time to run out in the service lane and, you know, appraise a trade or set up a desk out there. sounds like a great concept, but then I hear dealers go, yeah, but then the customers feel like they're getting harassed and, you know, the whole thing. What we want to be able to do is give them technology so that they can go through service appointments, vehicles that are for sale uh, by private sellers, all these different areas, but be able to do it quickly, efficiently, and then narrow it down to the cars that they really, really need. Then go harass those people. That's okay. <laughs> don't don't mm-hmm. spend your time harassing everybody. Uh, you know, let's go after the ones that really we can. Back to the, the uh, what I mentioned earlier is finding those diamonds in the rough, the vehicles that I know I can make money on and that I know there's high demand for. But how do you do that? That's just a huge, you know, uh, project to 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 implement in your store and put a pay plan around, you know, to have somebody do that. So what we're starting to see, kind of to your point earlier, Lance, of that dealer. Where, you know, you used to have, you know, oh, I've got a centralized buying center and these guys sit here and, and they buy cars at auction. That's what they do. They use technology to scour the wholesale market. Taking those folks who are really good at appraising cars who are really good at finding the best cars at auction. Can they also find the best cars that are for sale and private sellers, the best cars that are in your service drive? And be able mm-hmm. to go through those and identify the ones that we really want to go out and provide a written offer. Here's a check, you know, a, a mock check to the customer that's in the service drive and say, we'd like to buy your car today. Not asking you to buy anything else. We just, this is a great used car. We're in short supply. I mean, look at some of the lots out there, right? It doesn't take long for the you know, for the service customer to go, yeah, you don't have cars out there. Yeah, we, we just like to pay you top dollar and buy your car. Whatever We'll give you a check. Whatever you do after that is up to you, which I hear is the most effective way to do it. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's been the success of Carvana and and some of the disruptors out there. So how do we give them technology to do that? And that's what we're working really fast. We've got some uh, enhancements coming out uh, later this year. We're literally putting, with Stockway, we have the light bulb, which, you know, lights up a car and gives you uh, 15 or more data points to be able to quickly evaluate the car, look at it, and then move on. We're going to do that with nearly every place that a vehicle shows up, whether it's a private seller listing, whether it's a, a service appointment, we're striving to get that data to the dealer so that they can actually have a, a daily routine, you know, this buying group, if you will, that's gonna be able to find those cars, light bulb them, and then come up with it. The other thing we came up with, we call it VIN click, uh, and, and it's the ability to literally click on a VIN anywhere, any place on a website, uh, and it will, Open up a glance, if you will, with StockWave to be able to provide you with the data uh, that you need to be able to make a quick decision. So it's all about speed and efficiency because we know that if you would have to cut and paste VINs, put them into appraisal tool, start working the numbers and go, oh, you're kidding me. It's got a bad Carfax. You feel like you just wasted three, four minutes of your mm-hmm. time on something that you never even should have started with. Right. I want to just get one click, do a high you know, thirty thousand foot flyover, and then move from there.
0: Good, good, uh, Patrick. There's one other question I wanted to ask you about, and that relates to new cars. And specifically, um, I'm hearing from dealers that they're paying close attention to when new car inventory might show up and how much of it might show up. It's all guess. It's all a guessing game right now. Uh, but that raises the question: if I'm the used car manager. Um, and I have knowledge that we're going to see some new vehicle inventory coming in. What are your thoughts on how that should impact the acquisition and perhaps sales strategy in the used car department?
1: Well, I was talking to a dealer recently, a Honda dealer, and you know, I, I feel their pain. I mean, he told me he was literally down to three white accords that were you know sitting on his lot, which tells me that, what they are receiving is stuff that's probably moving pretty well if they're actually selling to the walls. So what I hear is these OEMs are literally getting allocations of chips and they're using math and science and data to determine which vehicles they put these chips in, probably the most profitable vehicles, certainly the ones that have the most high demand, yep. and ship them to fulfill inventory that they can turn fast as well. And I think there's a lesson there for us in the used car side of the business because are we using data, math and science, uh, to really study the market to understand what are the fastest moving used cars by segment, by price band, by model year? If we spend more time on that, we can fill those holes that we need to fulfill in order to meet this demand on the use uh, side. And I get it. I, I don't want to conflict with these new cars starting to come in. So if they're choosing high-end SUVs to put those chips in, which is likely because they make better margins on those, I don't want to go up against that. I may want to look at what are the fastest moving compact sedans uh, within a a lower price span where the used car market really feeds. And I got to get out there and really kind of scrape and scramble for those types of vehicles. And they're not easy to buy at auction. I understand that. But if I know which ones by trim level really move well in my market, I would rather invest a little heavily, more heavily at auction and wholesale in a vehicle that I know is in high demand than to end up with something that uh, could likely sit, particularly as we come into seasonality and, and the end of the year where everybody gets a little bit nervous about having too much stock. But, you know, our our economists are not forecasting a bubble. They think that this thing is going to continue to be a bit of a drought in supply. Demand is going to continue to be strong. We're not looking to or anticipating something crazy like uh, 2008 where, you know, the lights went off and and nobody could get them back on for 60 or 90 days. So I think we all just have to be real smart and study in that market and using the technology available. We have a a product called StockWave Plus. We scrambled to the market to be able to bring this out, which enhances our StockWave product and brings in that market data, uh, local market data, to be able to make some of those decisions. It gives you kind of a top 10 list of the cars that you should put in your inventory. Uh, hmm. And these are that's the type of insights that I think dealers can use during these times to make sure that they're making good, sound decisions, even if they have to pay uh, more money than they are comfortable with at auction.
0: It's a good point. Compliment the new car inventory and avoid the conflict. I I appreciate that. Well, Patrick, it's always a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thanks again for joining us.
1: Thanks, Lance. It was my pleasure.
0: And, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining today's podcast. Until next time, stay well.